Greetings, friends. Good morning, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, we are looking to start our week, as we try to do every week, with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're looking at Psalm 107 today. We're ready for Psalm 107, rather. And then we'll be finishing up our study in 2 Peter by reading chapter 3. Now, chapter 3, 2 Peter deals with the return of the Lord, the day of the Lord, kind of the attitudes and the mindset of the people and what to be expected. It's actually not a very long chapter. Uh, It's only 18 verses, uh, but it's full of important information and doctrine and Uh, It's just a a great chapter for us to be dwelling on, I think. And so hopefully this morning you'll be blessed by that. And uh, we're going to take it real slow uh, when we get to chapter 3. We're going to really try to think about each verse. But before we do that, we are going to read Psalm 107. It's hard to believe that we've read 106 psalms already. Uh, But we've really been doing this for quite a while, I guess, uh, this Monday morning, uh, reading from the Psalms. We've been through the book of Proverbs twice by going through this study. We've been through uh, Ecclesiastes uh, while studying the Psalms. We've been through 1 Peter, uh, James, and and now we'll be finishing up 2 Peter. So, without further delay, open up your hearts, open up your minds, and let's see what the Word of God has to speak to us about today. Let's begin. Verse 1, King James Bible. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfy the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such is the sit in darkness, and the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of the God, of they rebelled against the words of God, and con- and contemned their counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron in sunder, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhor all manner of meat, 
and they draw in near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distress. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea and the ships and that do business in great waters, these are these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths of the soul, is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still, Then are they glad because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth rivers into wilderness and the water springs into dry ground a fruitful land and a barrenness for the wicked of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. And sow the fields and plant vineyards which he yield fruit of increase. He blesses them also so that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. Again they are managed, and brought low, though through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon the princes, and causes them to wander in the wilderness, where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from the affliction, and maketh his families like a flock. The righteous shall see it, and rejoice, and iniquity will stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. And that is Psalm 107. And there's an obvious theme here. There's an obvious message that the writer of this psalm, and remember these are songs, kind of like hymns that were sung. But there's a certain meaning or phrase that is repeated several times throughout the psalm that the psalmist clearly wants you to understand. And there's a couple of times that this idea of people making foolish decisions, getting themselves into a situation, but they cry out to God and he saves them. Like that's, that's brought out a couple of times. If you look at verse 17, he says, Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhor all manner of meat, And they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distress. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And then again, uh, you go down to like 20, verse 26. They mount up to heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man 
and are at their wit's end, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. And then the phrase that's repeated multiple times, I didn't count them, but I think it was around four times. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the the children of men. It's this idea that God is just faithful and deserves our praise, right? He's like, people go through all these troubles and then they cry out to the Lord and he delivers them. Right? And then, again, they fall into trouble and they get themselves in a situation and they cry out to the Lord and He delivers them. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And so that seems to be the theme of the song. And then he ends with, Whosoever is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. All right. Let's move on. Let's look at our study in finishing up the book of Second Peter, chapter 3. And uh, we're also going to read Isaiah chapter 2, verses 12 through 22. Okay? But let's, uh, I'll get to that one, and I feel like it's time. Let's look. 2 Peter chapter 3, here's what it says. Again, we're going to try to take it a little slow. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you with, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Let's take a moment. He's saying, Hey, I want you to be mindful. I want you to remember and bring forth the memories of all the things that were spoken of by the holy prophets. Okay? And understand this. That in the last days, this is going to be the attitude. You're going to have scoffers. And the reason they scoff is because they're walking after their own lust. Right? They're just trying to feed their own desires. And they're going to say, Where is the promise of His coming? And for since... The fathers fell asleep. All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Okay? Have you ever heard somebody come up to you, or you're talking about end times, and they say this phrase? Well, every generation's thought they were in the last days. But look, things just continue to go forward. Have you ever heard that? At which point I want to respond with, well, you're just proving the point that we are moving into the last days because Peter says that in the last days people are going to say exactly what you just said. Where is this coming? Like, where is the promise? Because things just continue to go on. So stop telling me it's the end of time. People have been saying that for thousands of years. Right? He says, I, bring, I want you to remember what the prophet said. Now, 
Real quick, let me read Isaiah chapter 2, verses 12 through 22, so 10 verses. Here's what Isaiah says. He says, For the day of the Lord of hosts, Yehovah Savaot, shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and upon everyone that is lifted up and shall be brought low. He's basically saying, It's going to come down on the people filled with pride and arrogance. And upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up, upon every high tower, and upon every fenced wall, and upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all the pleasant pictures. And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the idols shall utterly abolish, and they shall go into the holes and the rocks and into the caves and the earth and f- for the fear of the Lord, for the glory of his majesty, when he arises to shake terribly the earth. By the way, that line sounds a lot like what's in Revelation chapter 6, where it talks about the rich will go and hide in the caves and, and beg the rocks to fall on them, saying, hide us from the face of the Lamb, right? Verse 19 here in this chapter Isaiah 12 or chapter 2 says, And they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake shake terribly the earth. In that day a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold which they have made each one for himself to worship to the moles and to the bats. You see, when the day of the Lord arises, all the money in the world is worthless. It says here they're just going to cast it to the moles and to the bats. It's, it's got no value now. Go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake terribly the earth. Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils. For wherein is he to be accounted of Okay, let's get back to Second Peter. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 5. For this they are willingly ignorant of. What are they ignorant of? He's getting ready to tell us. That by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, perished. So he's saying, these people who scoff, first of all, they're ignorant of the past, right? They don't understand what happened during the times of Noah. They don't remember or they're just ignorant of the fact that the whole world was destroyed by a flood. And likewise, they're ignorant of the destruction that's coming again in these last days, which he goes on to describe. But the heavens and the earth, verse 7, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, verse 8, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. He's saying, don't scoff and say, where is this coming? Do not be ignorant of this one thing. 
in God's eyes, time is viewed differently. To him, a whole one day is a thousand years, right? Because when you're eternal, you don't, you know, it doesn't seem the same. Do you remember when you were a little kid and it seemed like summer break when you're out of school lasted a lifetime, right? But really, it was like eight weeks. <laughs> but when you're when you're young, it's just like time was so like. And then now as your adult time just flies by, right? It's just a different perception of time. To God, it's one day is a thousand years, right? Verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So Peter's saying, look, the day is coming. He's not like slack. He's not being lazy and delivering on what he promised us. But he's long-suffering. Wishing that none would perish. But that all would come to repentance. Okay. However, at some point that runs out, right? Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In other words, it's going to be a surprise to most. It's going to come as a surprise. It's going to come at a time that we think not. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Peter's saying, everything in this world is going to burn. Everything. With that knowledge, he goes on, verse 11, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all, in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat? He's saying, knowing this, right? Knowing that it's all going to burn, how then shall you ought to be? What should you concern yourselves with? Should it be gathering possessions? For what? It's all going to burn, right? Verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. We, as believers, are to be looking for new Jerusalem. That seems to be lost on the common Christian today. This earth, including Israel and current Jerusalem, this whole earth is going up in flames. We're looking for a new heaven and a new earth and new Jerusalem, right? It's described at the end of Revelation. Peter's saying it right here. He says, We, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. An account that the long-suffering our Lord is salvation, 
even as our beloved Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. As also as his epistles, speaking in them which, the, which these things, and which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, that they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. He's warning the church that he's writing to, look, be care- take don't take things out of context, right? Be careful because you're sometimes you have unlearned people, layman people basically. They they read the letters, they read the scriptures and they misinterpret them to their own destruction. Verse 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. And then finally, verse 18. Here's what he wants you to do. But grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We are to be in a constant pursuit of knowledge about the Savior. That's what we need to grow in. We need to grow in that, and we need to grow in grace, according to Peter. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, I pray that you've been blessed this morning, that these words have spoken to you, have pierced your hearts, and caused you to want to draw ever more closely to God and to His Son, our Savior. I pray that this is helping you start your week in the right path and in the right direction. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again on Wednesday. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.